Let's go. The clock is ticking until the new season begins. This is the Go Radio Football Show. What a night this is for Celtic. Can they get the job done in Denmark? 1-1 against Michelin at Celtic Park last week in the Champions League qualifiers with a wafer-thin squad and patchwork preparation. Performance was better than result. How about the second leg, Davy Proven? Well, it's it's a huge game, Rob, and the question would be, has it come too early for Celtic? The other question, can that young Celtic back four get the job done tonight? Fingers crossed. Hibs and Aberdeen back in European competition tomorrow night after a combined 8-1 win between them last week. Uh, Rangers and St Johnston enter the fray next week. Scotland, of course, gave us the feel-good factor by ending that 23-year wait to be part of a major tournament. Can the Scottish clubs make more of an impact in Europe this season? Barry Ferguson. Yeah, I would like to think so. Listen, last week we, we Hibs getting a good victory. Um, I seen the Aberdeen game. Um, my young nephew playing further forward, uh, getting the goal, and that that's something that I would like to see Lewis do more often. Um, it helps with Scott Brown, obviously signing with Aberdeen, sitting in the middle of the park and let Lewis go. In. Um, so hopefully, I've no doubt Aberdeen and Hibs will go through. St Johnson, they've got a tough one next week yeah. against Galatasaray. They are a, a decent team, but hopefully we can... Um, the clubs can uh, progress into the, the next round. Yeah, it'd be nice to think we can take another step or two up in the rankings. Uh, of course, what's happened uh, mainly down to Rangers and Celtic in recent seasons, uh, it means that this season's uh, champions, when the season gets underway this weekend, uh, the Premiership champions will be straight into the group stages of the Champions League. But it'd be good to think that Scottish clubs can maintain that uh, momentum, the dreaded coefficient. Uh, Celtic against Michelin is a 6.45 kickoff uh, tonight. Uh, so we'll have the team news hopefully around about half five quarter to six for you uh, getting ready for that game Hibs tomorrow night and Aberdeen both playing away from home both kicking off at half five both with healthy advantages and as Barry says St Johnston and Rangers into the European competition next week um, in terms of the big kickoff, Rangers against Livingston uh, Saturday just three days away at uh, half one kickoff at Ironbrox it is 23,000 inside uh, 4,000 for Dundee and St Mirren Ross County plays St Johnston 4,500 at Tynecastle for Hearts Celtic uh, 6,300 I think is the figure at Petaudry for Aberdeen and Dundee United uh, 4,500 for Motherwell against Hibs and of course when Celtic uh, play against Dundee their first home game of the season it will be 24,500 thousand inside Celtic Park so so those are figures that are becoming a bit more encouraging Davy, aren't they yeah but it's still not good enough Rob you know, how can we have 60,000 at Wembley for the, the final of the, the Euros and 4,500 at Castle this weekend I don't, I don't get it our, our figures are plummeting in Scotland Covid figures and you would have thought that the Scottish government or the local authorities would have reacted to those figures and given the football clubs an even break I mean football I think has had a really raw deal right through this pandemic and there are no signs at all that the local authorities or the Scottish government are have any intention of giving the game a break. And talking of COVID, Barry, you're struggling to get a team on the pitch uh, this weekend uh, with COVID playing its part, injuries as well. It's a struggle for your game at Peterhead at the weekend. Yeah, we're just not the only club, Rob. Um, we have been affected with it. Um, it's not ideal when, when players are, are testing negative and they're still not allowed to come in and 
in train that that's a hard one to take um, but that's the rules um, as I says I spoke to a number of managers they're in the same um, they're in the same bit as me uh, they're, they're, they're uh, really low in numbers um, but we just need to go on with it it gives an opportunity for some of the young kids as well to get that experience with the first team travelling up to Peterhead but it'll be a tough game um, we're looking forward to it but we need to go off to a winning start you do feel that something's got to change, don't you, in terms of the rule book? Uh, because it uh, could be chaos in the coming weeks and months, if not. So, Barry Ferguson, Davy Proven, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show for a Wednesday. We've got Mick in Greenock as well, who's a Celtic fan. Hi, Mick. Hi, guys. How's it going? Yeah, well, thanks. How's you? Uh, no bad, mate. Um, a bit anxious about the night, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Are you, are you a bit... Are you worried off the back of that result at the weekend? I mean, I was just speaking to, to Davey about it uh, before we came on air. Um, I think I came off the first leg feeling confident because the performance a lot better than result. I think Celtic were a lot better than Mitchell and weren't they? Uh, but it's not great coming off a 6-2 defeat at the hands of West Ham, is it? No, not at all. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I don't usually read too much in it friendlies, but we lost six goals and the way we lost some of them as well, it's just criminal, so... You've got to kind of, it's got to bring, have alarm bells ringing. But um, no, as, as you said, I mean, the first leg we looked pretty good. I mean, going forward, we'll look really good, actually. But just at the back, there's just, there's just it's, it's, a, it's a shambles. It really is. Um, we shouldn't be playing. I wouldn't trust that back four and goalkeeper in the SPL, never mind away in a European tie, a Champions League qualifier. So it's criminal, to be honest. And I think the problem is from the first leg, Davy, to, to tonight, um, there's no great scope to make. Any changes? I mean, near Beaton, no. probably, I'm not sure you would risk him again anyway, to be honest, because of what yeah. he did last week, but but he's suspended. And and Starfield still quarantining. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the problem. Um, you know, the the Japanese forward, he's he's in quarantine as well. Yep. And the decision, you know, to, to sign players from overseas, uh, I can understand Postecoglou's thinking because he, he might know these markets better. But given the urgency with which Celtic required to get players in, it, it has handicapped them badly. Um, and the real worry tonight is that you, you have a back four there. Greg Taylor, international player, um, you couldn't complain about him playing, but the other three boys, um, and I've said it, Stephen Welsh, I know, has, has played quite a few first-team games, but he's not ready for this. He has a lot of improving to do. Young boy, Dane Murray, I felt sorry for, uh, going on at 18 years of age. I don't think he's ready. Um, so, you know, this, this is a huge test for them. Hopefully they'll get through it but they should never have been thrown into this situation in, in, in the first place. And it's all down to a board of directors who have taken a club that was in the ascendancy and somehow managed to turn it into a shambles right now. And there's a danger, Barry, of destroying somebody like Dane Murray, who's only 18 and looks highly promising. Uh, but he's for he's to be fed in gently to the team, isn't he, in the next year or two? He, he shouldn't be pitched right in there right now in these massive matches. Yep, Rob, I think you're right. He's certainly got a lot of potential, the young lad, um, but 18-year-old going into a European game. Um, I think the way Celtic have got to approach it tonight is just go for it. Because um, if they sit back and let Mitchell and come on to them, they, they could struggle. Um, going forward, they've still got real dangerous players, Celtic. So I think that's the way that... I think Celtic approach a game. They've got to go and try and win it because if they sit back, I fear for them. Mick, this was the this was the team that that started last week. Barkas in goals. We'll speak about him in a minute. Uh, the rest of the team: Ralston, Welsh, Beaton sent off, of course, and Taylor, uh, Soro and McGregor, Turnbull, uh, Abada, who uh, scored the goal, looked generally lively and was sacrificed, unfortunately, as part of the repercussions of the red card. Uh, Christie. 
um, who was outstanding, and and Edouard. Do you do you think apart from Beaton, uh, can you see the team varying much from that tonight? No, and it's. I mean, going forward, I mean, I think that going forward will look really good, as I said. So, I mean, the, the, and because we've not any other options at the back, I think it might put Bain in ahead of Barcast, and I, I don't really want to talk about him because he just honestly just. I mean, we play fives, five aside every week, and I wouldn't trust him in my team at fives. <laughs> never mind. Yeah. I mean, playing for Celtic, you know what I mean. So it's. Um, I think you'll probably put well Murray with going for Beaton and then possibly Bain in for Barcast. But other yeah. than that. Um, going forward, as you mentioned, Crystal looked brilliant. McGregor looked really good. Um, Turnbull, I think, will come on to a game again. Edouard, I don't really know what he said that if he's going to get moved or not. But um, I think that's probably the only two changes I can see. But the the, the real frustrating thing for me is, I mean, we know the qualifiers were coming along. I mean, they're the same time, the same yeah. time every year. So the board have massively, massively failed us. I think um, the right back situation. I mean, we've, we've needed a right back since January when Frimpong went to Leverkusen. So yeah. you know what's going on with that, um, and we've had. Three keepers who haven't been Celtic standard for the last year, so it's it's just it's mental. I can't believe that this is where we're actually at. And I just I want to ask Barry as well in terms of in terms of Barcast. I mean, did he ever have a goalkeeper that he never had really had trust in? And what, how does that affect your team? Because maybe not as bad as Barcast, but I, I would imagine there's been one or two. Let, let's well, I'll get Barry's answer in a sec. Let's listen to what Andrew Postecoglou said yesterday when he was asked about Barcast and and whether he was suffering a, a crisis of confidence. No, look, I don't think he's 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 confidence. I think I said you know after the the first leg he was disappointed with with the goal he conceded. Apart from that, you know we were, we were quite comfortable um, as a defensive unit. Um, so you know I think from that perspective I'm I'm, I'm shying away too much from from sort of focusing on individuals because I, I just feel that for where we are in this place and time, it's the collective that's going to get us, you know, the the kind of results we need and the kind of performances we need because, we're, as I said, we're, we're such a young group at the moment. You look at our back four um, potentially and, you know, there's not a player over 24 years of age, I think, and, and I'd hate to think how many appearances between the four of them. But... You know, we I can't start isolating individuals and 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 trying to um, you know um, analyze their games too deeply because ultimately that's not going to make a difference for what we're trying to do now. We're trying to achieve something, and we, the only way we'll achieve it is as a collective. So, you know, that's the way I'm looking at, it and that includes you know Barky and includes every other player in the team. I'm I'm looking at team performance rather than individuals right now. There's actually not a player in that back four over 23. Greg Taylor's yeah. 23. He's the elder statesman, if you like, of the of the, of the back four. I can understand him um, not wishing to throw Barkas under the bus, Barry, but if you're not careful, Barkas could throw Celtic under the bus. Well, David will agree with me here. When you've got a goalkeeper that, that you trust, um, it makes a hell of a difference. I was lucky. I mean, what Mick just asked there, at Rangers I had Kloss and McGregor. At Birmingham City, I had Joe Hart, who Celtic are interested in, and Ben Foster at Blackburn, I had Brad Friedel at Scotland, Craig Gordon and Alan McGregor. So I was always really lucky in terms of goalkeeper and they filled you with confidence. You knew if a team got through you, there was every chance that the they top-class goalkeepers would bail you out. So I was lucky in that department. But in terms of Barkas, he struggled. There's no doubt about it. He struggled to settle. And for me tonight, I think he'll go with Ben. Ben's the one that knows the players better. Um, he knows uh, what this means more than Barca. So my opinion is Ben's got to play tonight. And if Ben plays Davy, is that the end of Barca? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, rightly so, in your opinion. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, I think we've seen enough of him to know that he's, he's not up to it. Um, 
You know, it was unfortunate for Postacoglu. He came in so late. He didn't. He's not a time to assess the players. He goes with Barkas in the first leg, and Barkas sells the jerseys. Now that that's not Postacoglu's fault. He's trying to get to know his players. Now, if he plays him tonight, if he was to play Barkas tonight, and Barkas makes a, a bad mistake that costs mm. Celtic the game, that then becomes Postacoglu's fault. So mm. he has to throw him under yeah. the bus to use your expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know if I'm Celtic I'm on to Barkas's agent say look this hasn't worked sorry find find your, your your client another club because as far as I can see he has no future at Celtic at all Mick is is Scott Bain good enough to be the Celtic number one? Um, no no he's not to be honest but he's he's the best that we've got so I think we've, he'll need to do for now and as um, Barry mentioned obviously I think we're looking at Joe Hart I mean he's a vast improvement on the three of them so He's the best of a bad bunch, so I'd put him in tonight. But then, again, first thing tomorrow, regardless of the result, just make sure we've got a, a permanent keeper in that can, that can be our number one going forward. But it's certainly no Barkas. I'm not even convinced he's a goalkeeper, to be fair. He's just, and he's, it's not a position you can miss about with. Um, and he's, I, think he's, I don't think he's had a memorable save in over 20-odd games. So, nah, he's got to go. I just look back to last summer, letting Craig Gordon go um, for nothing. I, I watched him the other night, um, Sunday night, Mm. Um, Hearts against Inverness I watched him last season he's still a top class goalkeeper yeah. Craig Gordon and I, I honestly it baffles me why he was allowed to walk out that front door and the fact that David Marshall was available on a free transfer yep, as well at that time yep um, two, for me I've played with both of them and two of them are quality goalkeepers but Craig Gordon's he, he, he is top class believe me when I say that it's such an important position, isn't it? You've got to be starting there. And how long should Celtic have been hunting down a goalkeeper, Davy? Well, I mean, from the moment that they they realised they had a problem with Craig Gordon, um, and that was that wasn't Craig Gordon's problem. Craig Gordon, I'm sure, would have would have, would have taken a, a a reduction in wages, but not to the extent where he was feeling undervalued. Um, I mean. The, the, the Barkas signing, the whole goalkeeping situation falls into the, the John McGinn category of major blunders by, by Celtic in terms of recruitment. And that's one of the reasons they're trailing Rangers. Rangers recruitment has been spot on. They've got value just about every time they've gone into the market. So I, I, I don't know who's identifying players for Celtic. And but. but Celtic, if you go back three, four or five years, ten years... That that's what Celtic had was an excellent yeah. record in recruitment. They got John a couple. Of, they got a couple of great years out of players, and then they moved, moved them on them about on. profit. And, and Celtic supporters didn't have a problem with that. No, but they had in John John Park a guy who could identify proper talent. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who's doing it now. Nicky Hammond is long gone. His record was poor. There's no there's no recruitment uh, at the moment. Nobody in charge of recruitment at the moment. No director of football. And that's why uh, Ange Postecoglou, to a certain extent, has been hung out to dry here. And the other major issue, um, I mean, there are so many major issues, you could go on and on all night long, but um, Mick, there could be a big issue shortly up front for Celtic because if this bid from Brighton is all it appears to be, 18.5 million, maybe knocking on to 20 million, and Celtic say, okay, that's that's the level we're willing to sell at, and Odson Edward disappears down to the English Premier League, uh, all you're left with at that point is Albion Ayeti and Lee Griffiths to play up front until yeah, well, until I mean, until obviously Furuyashi gets through his quarantine and gets match fit 
Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it, I mean, you'd like to think, I mean, if it was years ago, if they're expecting Edward to go, so they'd have a, a kind of backup plan there, or a plan B for some, for the, a target to come in, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if he goes and then we don't bring anybody in. Um, I, I, I'd like to think that they would, but again, it's the way the club has been ran in the last year, um, it's just been a catastrophe, so it's, I think he probably will go because, again, they're not going to knock back that type of money for somebody that's in the last year of his deal. And if, if he doesn't want to be there as well, so I think they will they will accept it if, that is a, if, if the bid is, if it's come in or if it's going to come in. But whether they replace him or not, I really don't know. Is it complacency, Barry? Is it a team that was winning everything for season after season and there was a bit of a switch off at, I, the, at the top in terms of building on a strong position? I think... I, I, a mixture of um, all different things. I think the recruitment, David mentioned that your recruitment, that's number one at a football club. Your recruitment's got to, look, you never get every signing spot on, Rob, but you've got to get a high percentage that have got to work. And I'm afraid Celtic spent a lot of money last year, five million in Barkas, five million on a Yeti. Um, and there's been another few signings that have, have just simply not worked. Um, and he mentioned a the guy there, John, uh, John Park, he knows the game inside out. You just look back to guys like Wanyama, Hooper, guys like that, Van Dijk. Yeah. Um, he knows players and head of recruitment, he's got to be spot on. Also Jack Hendry. There's another one that yeah. Celtic have let slip the through their fingers. Yeah. You know, who's now emerged as a proper player, recovered from injury. Mm-hmm. At a Look, time when Celtic desperately need a centre-back. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that, that that's another one that the, the recruitment has been absolutely baffling. Yeah. What about tonight then, Mick? Uh, what do you think? No, I don't know. I think I might just watch Love Island with my sister. <laughs> no, I think, no, it's, uh, I think, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be the story of the season. I think we're going to have to. I think we will concede, but we're going to have to we'll score more. So I think possibly, possibly two one. But that's been an optimist. So I don't. I don't know. I hope so. Go for two one. You sound like you're struggling to summon yeah, the optimism. Is to James be Forrest available. <laughs> James Forrest was on the bench, wasn't he, last week? So I, I guess yeah, the whole... He came on, for a yeah. bit, came on for a bit against West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly look at that Celtic squad going forward. They've got guys that can hurt players. Yeah. It's defensively that is a big worry. And that's why I think the attitude tonight against Mitchelland will just... We need to go for them. Let's hope for the best, Mick. Thanks for joining us on the show. Cheers, guys. Take care. And I think uh, Mick has just supplied the quote of the show so far. I think I'm going to watch Love Island. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. And good to have you with us as well on a massive night for Celtic. 1-1 with Mitchell and from the first game in the East End of Glasgow last week uh, with... Uh, Lille Abada getting the only goal for Celtic, but uh, that blunder by Barkas. And this, is, of course, is the home of breaking football news. And we've got some for you right now. It's maybe not the surprise of the evening, uh, but it is confirmation um, that Barkas, Davey, is not being backed. He's been dropped. OK, that makes sense to me. And it's the same team, uh, by the looks of it. I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, this is not confirmed, of course, yet, but this we expect uh, to be the Celtic starting eleven tonight. 6.45 kickoff in Denmark. Scott Bain and goals. Uh, Ralston, Welsh, Murray and Taylor. Sorrow and McGregor and Turnbull just in front. Abada and Christie, either side of Odson Edouard. So I think that is the starting lineup from last week, apart from the, the change of goalkeeper. Yeah, and I think it's a strong decision from Ange Postecoglou. Um, and, and, you know, Barkas will know that he has no future at the club now. And as I said earlier on, it's time his agent getting to gear now and, and 
finds a club for him. I mean, it's not his fault. He, he hasn't been up to it, but he's no good to Celtic. He's, he's not good enough. Former Celtic and Scotland winger Davy Proven, former Rangers and Scotland captain Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean is uh, trying to hold things together on a Wednesday <laughs> night on the Go Radio football show. We're on between now and seven. Of course, Celtic kick off at 6.45. Let's talk to Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. What sort of fettle are you in? How hopeful are you about tonight? And what's your reaction, firstly, Ryan, uh, to the news that Vasilis Barkas has been dropped? Um, I'm not entirely surprised, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, a couple of the mistakes he's been making, especially recently, have been a wee bit unforgivable. I've, I've wanted to back the man as much as I can, but the amount of mistakes he's making in front of the goal, it's, it's costing the team at the end of the day, and that, and that just can't be, so... Um, I'm not. I'm not too surprised. I don't really rate being that highly either. But it's um, it's it's a strong it's a strong uh, opinion by the manager and a strong decision that he's made. He's, he's sort of laying down the law early doors that mistakes won't be um, accepted. But in terms of the game, I'm I would say I'm optimistic to a point because I don't think Michelin's are that great aside from what I watched last week. But at the same time, that that back line is a bit of a nightmare scenario just now. Yeah, it's difficult to find uh, too many positives at the moment, but but that is certainly one, isn't it? And I think the evidence was there last week that that uh, when you think about what happened in the game, near beat on sent off before half time, crazy. Uh, Celtic down to ten, also losing Leal Abada, who was probably one of their best players at that stage. Um, Odson Edouard uh, misses uh, when he's one on one with the goalkeeper, uh, a chance you you expect him to take. Uh, and Barkas uh, fails to deal with something that he should have been punching or touching over the crossbar. Well, uh, in terms of looking at the team, the, the positive is there's players in the forward areas, Rob, that can hurt teams. No doubt about it. Edward, if he's on his game, Christie looked back to his best, mm. let's be honest with you, um, last week. Um, and you've got Turnbull, who I think is an exceptional young player. And you've got Soro McGregor, sitting in the middle of the park dictating things so they've got enough going forward but we'll go back to it it's the back four David just mentioned it earlier on under 23 that, that four um, Taylor's the most experienced one he wasn't a, a permanent fixture in the, the start of living last year Young Dane Murray Welsh and Ralston um, it, that, that is a real concern but as I said I think the mindset has got to be go for them go for the throat tonight because as I said if you go and sit back, they could be in real trouble. No harm to Tony Ralston, Davy, but I mean he's been loaned here, there, and everywhere, hasn't he? Really, and not made a massive impact. Yeah. And, and suddenly he's first choice Celtic right back. Yeah, I mean he will know himself. He doesn't have a long term future uh, Celtic. He's he's only in there at the moment because needs must. Um, George Baldock, uh, I think, would have been a great signing for Celtic. They're, apparently they're balking at the the wages, but you know good players cost good money. And Baldock is the type of player that, that Celtic are going to have to sign if, if they want to progress because, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong tonight, but um, the, the, the back four tonight should not be playing in a game of this magnitude at the one time. You can drip feed youngsters into teams, you know, you can put one in if they've got experience round about them. You can't, you can't put three in into a back four that leaked six, six goals last weekend. Yeah. into a Champions League qualifier. Champions, Champions League yeah. group stage money is now worth 40 million quid. Um, and Celtic are so ill-prepared at the moment of beggars belief. 
Ryan, you're involved with the, the Talk Scottish Football podcast. What has been the chat uh, since that 6-2 defeat for Celtic at the weekend? Um, it's been, I mean, after all the positives that we take after the one-each home draw, um, obviously due to the fact there wasn't any away goals, away goals rules been scrapped, so it wasn't as much of a disaster as it would have been in previous seasons. But I, I would say the, the Celtic fans, such as myself and the other boys, um, were quite downbeat after the after the game Saturday. It was a real um, sort of an eye-opening moment for how badly we are uh, prepared defensively. Um, there are players that I, I just don't think should be playing for Celtic at this point. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't rate either of the fullbacks. I'll be honest, I know Taylor's a Scottish international, but at the same time, they can't really play Andrew's style of play at all, the, the sort of inverted fullback role. So we need to recruit guys that are going to actually be able to play the role that he plays, or else the system won't work. And it seems like it's Ange Postecoglou's way of the highway. So we need to be recruiting better players. But um, you know, I still think we've got enough to beat to beat Michelin, But it's going to be it's going to be a big ask, especially for the young back line. I would say. But what is the timescale in Julian? Where is he going to be back in the next month or two? Or is oh, who's playing? Sorry, Julian. Um, no, he's he's a couple of months away. Oh, he's a couple of months. Yeah, that 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 came out of the media conference yesterday, and, right. that, and yeah. I think that maybe um, surprised uh, a lot of people. In fact, let's let's hear that clip. Uh, bear with us here, Ryan. This because this was Ange Postecoglou. He was asked about Carl Starfelt uh, when he might arrive, and and he's going to be available by the weekend, it seems. Uh, but he was also asked about Chris Julian. Uh, with Chris, he's still a little bit away. He's um, he's still in rehab. He's working very hard. Um, you know, I would expect at least another couple of months for him. Uh, um, Carl uh, has sort of, from what I understand, he's, he's sort of started some individual training. So we'll hope he joins us at Lennox Town by the time we get back uh, into Scotland. And, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see what his condition is like then, but he should be available, um, you know, um, by the weekend. You can almost hear Ange Postacoglu's heart sinking, Davey, yeah. as he, as he ploughs through those questions about basically unavailable players. Furuyashi still completing his quarantine process. Um, it seems as if Carl Starfelt will be here at the weekend. But um, as Ryan has said, and as Mick said earlier on, and this is no surprise to Celtic. These games no. come round this time every year. They, they, they know it every year. Um, they, Celtic signed six players in, the, in last summer's window. Only two of them were in the club early enough and were fit enough to start against Ferenc Farris in the equivalent tie last season. Um, Abada is the only one of the current signings who was in the club early enough to play against Mitchelland in the, the first leg. And it's unforgivable that Celtic are so unprepared for such an important competition. And it goes to the top of the house. I don't blame Postacoglu, obviously. Uh, I don't blame the youngsters who've been thrown in at the deep end, but I certainly blame a board of directors. Is it too strong to use a phrase like dereliction of duty? Well, I mean, it borders on negligence, doesn't it, to allow this to happen? Um, and, you know, Peter Lawwell, I mean, th this is a guy who, who knows the game inside out and has operated at the very highest level, knows how a football club works, knows how recruitment should work, and somehow has, has overseen this dramatic collapse over the last season or so. Um, and you know he along with his fellow directors have to put their hands up Ryan do you feel as if you've been let down by your club? Um, in, in terms of the in terms of the recruitment and the timing of the recruitment yes I would say 
I would say so, yeah. I would say it's been happening over the past couple of years. Um, even You could even go to Brendan Rodgers' time at the club, to be honest, when we got put out by AEK Athens. He didn't have the players in. Um, and, the, and the club were actually signing players that he didn't know a thing about. Tread, so it's ideal. Um, I, I think we, we, we know that the this is coming round to this point every season. This the sort of middle of July, the end of July, we're going to be playing Champions League qualifiers, and yet we're still not ready for it. Um, there's a lot of problems. I would say, I would say there's problems because we don't have a head scout, we don't have a director of football that we were openly recruiting for a couple of months ago. Um, so it seems as if we're in a state of flux at the moment with um, the amount of jobs that we need to do, the amount of positions that we need to fill, both on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, it all seems like a bit of a mess, but I mean, the, the players that we've signed so far, I, I'm quite excited for, especially Starfelt. Starfelt looks like the real deal. He's signing him at a good age, the age of 26, and he can come in and immediately improve the team, which is what I want to see. Yeah, but uh, I, I guess too late is the is the cry. Do you think Celtic could get away with it tonight, Barry? And maybe that's what we're talking about here, getting through this game and then uh, buying a little bit more time to get to get a bit stronger for the next game? They could get away with it, but they've got to rely on their forward-thinking players. As I mentioned earlier on, there is dangerous players that can win games of football, so they need to be on on the ball tonight because um, I, I know myself I know Mitchell aren't the strongest team but any away game in Europe's tough Rob you, yeah. you've went and done plenty commentated Davies the same he'll agree with me any game away from home in Europe's tough so you need to be prepared and I think the only way that Celtic can win it is to go for them I honestly believe that because um, there's certain ways sometimes when you go into Europe you sit behind the ball and try and hit them on the counter attack I don't think Celtic can do that tonight this is Ange Postacoglu talking about the importance to Celtic of European football. Look, European football's it's important. It's a priority for the club. It's one of the main priorities, and this year's no different. You know, as you said, we are in a transition, but you know you don't you don't just discount things because of you know your current circumstances. The reality is, there's an opportunity there for us to advance to the next round, and um, you know we we performed well in the first game, and, and have given ourselves a chance now in this in this return leg to to progress. So it's absolutely a priority, and and, and it should always be a priority. I think it's been difficult to 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 pick much fault with anything. Uh, he said, Davey, uh, uh, in his time yeah. at the club, he is pretty straightforward. He is pretty open. It's all out there, um, and, and he's. You know, rightly underlining the importance to Celtic. Think about the history uh, of, of of European football, but but it's like he's been asked to operate with one arm tied behind his back, isn't it? Well, he, he had a little bit of a U-turn because he initially pointed the finger at the board mm. when he he said that the club were not getting players in quickly enough, and then he rode back in that by saying, look, this is all my responsibility. I'm not operating with one hand tied behind my back. It's almost as if somebody wrapped his knuckles. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be interesting to see, and I think Postacoglu is a really strong character. It'll be interesting to see how the relationship between Postacoglu and the board develops. You know, if, if he doesn't get players in reasonably quickly now, how he will react. Because I, I don't think he's the type who is, is going to allow himself to become the victim here when others are responsible for you know for the difficulties the club is facing. Do you see this ending in tears for Postecoglou? I think I think there's a chance because I think he's a real str- he's not a Ronnie Dyla type. Um, I I I think if 
I think he's the type of guy that if, if he felt he was not getting the backing, and let's go back to Brendan Rodgers before the AEK Athens game when he said, if the board can't match my ambition, this will be terminado. And that's how it panned out. And I, I think Postacoglu is cut from similar cloth. I don't think they'll take any nonsense, either off the players or off the, the people he works for upstairs. And if you think back a year, Barry, Celtic were going out to Ferencvaros in the Champions League qualifiers and Neil Lennon was sending a warning that was probably ignored at the time and that was there are lots of players in there that are unsettled and, and want away. So Celtic have had that year to think about unsettled players and replace them. Yep, exactly. And in terms of um, the manager, the Celtic manager, Ange, I, I, I don't think... He'll make big decisions. He's clear on that. He's made one tonight. He's um, he's changed Barkas uh, for Bain. And I don't think he's a man to be messed about with. I honestly don't. And I think if there's players inside that dress room that don't want to be there, he'll ship them out as quickly as possible. There's no doubt in my mind about that. That's the way he strikes me. You listen to him in interviews. I spoke to Craig Moore about him a number of times. And he'll not be messed about. And if he doesn't get, get it his way... Um, I do agree with Davey it could end in tears Can Celtic get away with this Ryan finally tonight? Yeah I think we can as long as I think our best form of defence is attack tonight um, I think we need to just go out and score a couple of goals and hopefully just keep it keep it um, sort of sample at the back just keep, keep the keep the ball out of the net which is what we seem to be struggling to do especially for with our goalkeepers just now but um I'm I'm quietly confident that we can get the job done and then we'll get a couple of players in for the for the next round, hopefully. Good to have you on the show. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers Ryan. Um, we'll have confirmation for you of the official starting uh, lineup, but uh, certainly our information is that uh, it is the same outfield 11. In fact, the team is um, now official, so it is been in goals. Ralston, Murray, Welsh and Taylor, Soro and McGregor, Abada, Turnbull, Christie uh, with Odson, Edouard up front. So Barkas has been dropped. You heard it here first. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. With Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davey Proven on a Wednesday night uh, with just an hour to go till Celtic kickoff in Denmark against Michelin. 1-1 it was from the first leg. Can Celtic get through to play in all probability? PSV, that's going to be a tough one if they get through. Uh, but one crisis at a time, really. Uh, they have to get through tonight's game. Uh, firstly, can they do it with the same outfield that uh, kicked off at Celtic Park uh, last week? We brought the team news first. We brought the news pretty much near the top of the show uh, that Vasilis Barkas has been dropped. Scott Bain will be in goal um, tonight and one does wonder if that's going to be uh, the end for uh, Barkas. Will Celtic be looking for a buyer to get rid of him? effectively uh, because it just has not worked out for him at all and he was badly at fault wasn't he for the goal uh, from which Michelin equalised uh, last week at Celtic Park lots of talk uh, we've touched on it already about uh, Joe Hart as a, a target for Celtic word is uh, there are talks ongoing already Barry to bring uh, Joe Hart to Celtic would that be a good signing? Yeah, listen, I was um, I was lucky enough to play with Joe uh, when I was at Birmingham. We took him on loan for a season and I've got to be honest, I was saying to Davey off air um, during the, the break there that he, he was he was top class. He was first in in the morning and he was last to go at night. Very, 
very hard trainer um, top goalkeeper as his career went on a wee bit he had a few mistakes that obviously ultimately cost him his, his Man City career but he's a big presence in that goal that's one thing Joe Hart is 6 foot 3 um, 6 foot 4 um, big powerful good communicator as well what about wages, Obari? Yeah, that, that's the only stumbling block I could see because um, he will be on a, a fair wage. Now, Joe's had a fantastic career. He's earned a lot of money. It might come do, just down to, right, I want to play now. Um, and if Celtic are going to give him that opportunity, I think it would. it's a no-brainer for me. I top, think, I top think, goalkeeper. Yeah, I think that's what, what would make it plausible, Davey, uh, because on the face of it, you, you think finances and you think no that, that ain't well, happening that seems to but, be the, the but, stumbling but, but if he fancies force. yeah if he fancies a couple of years in Glasgow and as Barry says he's made his money and he just wants to sample what, what playing in the Glasgow goldfish bowl yeah. is like Listen, then, then maybe it does happen possibly um, person, I'll throw a name at you Benjamin Seagrass did yes. the United yeah no there there's a guy Celtic I think but and again we're talking during the break and Barry seems to think he's got a, he's got a clause in his contract yep. where where uh, a club who want to buy him would only have to pay a certain amount of money. Now, he was a standout last season. Mm-hmm. And he, he would seem an obvious one for me that could come in and be Celtic's number one keeper. I'm amazed he's still at Dundee United because yeah. he's got such presence. Yeah, exactly. I watched him a number of times last year, Rob, and he was outstanding. And I'm surprised that Celtic have now been, been sniffing about him. Um, i seen the deal was nearly done to go to Ipswich. Um, and it called off the, the last minute um, so it's a great shout Seagrist top and performer for Dundee United last year again as a goalkeeper he fills that goal he's a big presence uh, and he's he's shown that he can handle the Premier League and that might be a short term solution but Celtic would be happy at the moment with any solution yeah, they, I would have thought yeah, they, they've, they've got to get a top keeper in Rob it's, yeah. it's a matter of absolute urgency um, and you know if the, the problem I guess Celtic have as well is that, that you know clubs know that Celtic's back is against the wall and Celtic are going to have to pay top dollar for players you know they, where they used to buy from a position of strength mm. and had a lot of leverage in the transfer market not so much just now I, I think the, the selling club will know Celtic really need players in now and they, they will be they will be charging Celtic every penny they can get from yeah, it they're, they're going to lose a lot of money on Barkas that was £5 million yeah. a year mm. ago um, yeah. and obviously that'll no help we am getting dropped tonight he's not got a great, great showreel based on uh, the last few months yep, at Celtic so Celtic might need to bite the bullet and lost a right few million pound um, yeah. just to go on and get another goalkeeper yeah and I, th- I think you know as you were touching on there Davey the, the problem is that the football world knows Celtic are desperate yeah. for players at the moment in so many different positions and that yeah. that hikes the rate up doesn't well, it absolutely and um, you know that that's the other problem they have there's a hell of a difference in buying players when you're league champions and you're in the Champions League different ball game now where Celtic are under pressure to get a team together yesterday mm. uh, they're going to have to pay over the odds to get players now we're talking plenty uh, Celtic for obvious reasons uh, that match in Denmark against Michelin uh, less than an hour away Scott Bain in goals tonight uh, Vasilis Barkas dropped uh, Rangers kick off their title defence against Livingston on Saturday, Saturday lunchtime, half past one kickoff. It is 23,000 is the latest number. I'm not sure if it's going to rise between now and then, uh, but it's 23,000. Uh, we'll watch uh, Rangers uh, as they look to uh, defend their crown. What is success, Barry, 
for Rangers this season. What what would success for Steven Gerrard and his team look like for you? First and foremost, they need to retain the title. Um, it's hard to win a title. It's even harder to retain it. Um, and that's what Rangers need to do. Domestic learning cups, disappointing, Rob, going out in both quarterfinals in the Scottish Cup and the League Cup. So that will be one of the, the areas that will look to, to try and better um, and win one of the cups. But for me, they're clear favourites. I think David mentioned it earlier on in the show. His recruitment's been done really early again. He's got them through the door first day of pre-season. So these players get used to their teammates, get used to the surroundings, get used to the um, what it's like to play with Rangers, uh, the pressures. Um, so for me, Rangers in that in a good place at this moment in time. Uh, they've, they've performed pretty well, good result against Real Madrid. But listen, the bread and butter starts on Saturday against Livingston. That will be a tough one, but they need to get off to a, a winning start, and I'm sure that's what they'll do. And nobody's gone, Davy. In terms of players he wants to keep at I'm the moment, nobody, nobody's gone. George Edmondson's gone, but I mean, yeah. he, you know, I think that was an inevitability, wasn't it? When he when he probably crossed the line. The the, the worry for Rangers supporters would be that that uh, Morelos or Kent go. Mm. Um, Kent, I think they have to keep, mm-hmm. even if it means selling Morelos. And it it struck me as odd that Stephen Gerrard offered the quote this week. I don't know when Morelos is coming back, which. This is a player who didn't return for the Hearts game at Tynecastle 18 months ago and Gerard left him out and Rangers lost. He couldn't get himself back in time to prepare for that game. So, you know, he's got previous when it comes to not coming back in time. And you just wonder if he's he's working his ticket a little, little bit. We know he said he wants to play in a better league and he may he might be the one that Rangers sell. You know, he, he might be the you know, the one that will, will earn them a right few quid. Yeah. Although, Barry, you, you've always, I think you've said right from the outset that you didn't think anyone was going for Rangers. You didn't think that anyone would be departing. No, I, I think the ones that will depart are the ones round about the, yeah. the, the kind of 18 struggling again. You've seen Greg Stewart's obviously left. Um, you've just mentioned Edmondson going down to Ipswich. Jordan Jones looks if he'll be going out the door in a couple of days. Um, but listen, money talks, Rob. We know they, they did mention that last year's AGM, if a, a big offer comes in for one of their star players, they may need to consider it. Um, but that star player can't be Ryan Kent. I agree with Davey. He's a game changer. They need to keep him for one more season at least. Then I do think he'll go down to the Premier League um, and go and and play at a high level down there but Morelos the manager didn't seem too happy with him turning up a bit um, obviously no turning up for pre-season I know he was involved in the Copa America mm. with Colombia um, so that it wasn't um, I'm you not didn't... too sure what's going on there but in terms of the one player that they need to keep is Ryan Kent there's no doubt in my mind about that Yeah, it would have to be a massive bid wouldn't it's it? To be. It's got, I, I don't think Rangers would look anything less than £20 million for Ryan no. Kent Maybe, and maybe even upwards of that, to be honest, in terms of how much he is worth to Rangers as as they chase their, their latest ambitions. Yeah, he's always had the ability. One thing that I would maybe put against him was his level of consistency, but that changed. The final three months of the season, he, he was on his game week in, week out, um, and he showed how big a player he's became for Rangers, and it's so important that Rangers keep him this season. Two big targets then for Rangers this season, Davey. One one would be to do what Celtic did for the last four years, a clean sweep of, of the, the domestic trophies, but also making serious inroads into the Champions yeah. League. Yeah, I mean, clubs of the size of Celtic and Rangers should be measuring themselves in Europe, Rob, uh, Rob not dominating Scottish football. I've always felt that. That's why I felt the, the 10 in a row thing was a complete 
red herring. Um, and, you know, during the time Celtic were chasing 10 in a row, the team was actually deteriorating. And the evidence for that was found in European competition, the results there. And, you know, given that the, the winners of this season's title go straight into the Champions League, the, 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 the league championship is everything against the Rangers. The, the, the Cups are great fun, great to run around Hamden with the Cups and a lovely sunny day waving mm. to the supporters. But the title is everything, even more so given that the, the winning... The club who wins the title this season goes straight yeah. in and gets a £40 million cheque straight into the groups. Could you have thought, Barry, when this show went on air for the first time a year ago and we were speaking about how it would unfold last season, could you have thought in your wildest of dreams that the team who'd won everything in the previous four seasons would be left 25 points behind? No. I've, I mean, you asked me at the start of August when we started the, the, the show. Um, I couldn't imagine that it was going to turn out like this, but all credit to Rangers. Um, and again, I'll go back to it. It was down to recruitment. The recruitment was spot on. Um, the players that he brought in strengthened. And again, he's kept last year's winning squad together and he's added good quality. Sakala, I was speaking to David about Lindstrom. I think he'll be a fantastic signing on a free transfer. Now, if he had a year or two left in his contract, you're talking a £10 million player. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched him a number of times last year because I keep my eye on John Fleck down at Sheffield United and he was one player that always stood out to me and I think he's he's going to be a cracker for Rangers. Rangers looking so strong three days away from the big Premiership kick-off. Will Celtic be strong enough tonight? to get past Michelin 45 minutes away that big game in Denmark The Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from 5 So Celtic kicking off in Denmark in about 40 minutes time against Michelin 1-1 from the first leg can they take a step forward and uh, well unless something bizarre happens in the second leg um, of uh, the tie affecting them in the next round it will be PSV against Celtic PSV beat Galatasaray 5-1 last week um, otherwise for Celtic were they to lose tonight then it's into the Europa League qualifiers they go against the Czech team Jablonets and we brought you the team news right uh, towards the top of the show uh, Vasilas Barkas dropped tonight Scott Bain and goals it's the other uh, 10 outfield players who kicked off at Celtic Park last week who set out in this one as well and uh, Celtic will hope they get the same from Ryan Christie tonight Davey because uh, he was outstanding in the first leg terrific terrific um, unfortunately it looks as if there's very little chance that he's going to extend his contract Rob he obviously he's not going to be short of offers from, from down south and it's another strange one you know we've been talking about Celtic's recruitment but you know to allow Ryan Christie to run his contract down I mean Ryan Christie's a 10, 12, 15 million pound player for me mm. and he's going to walk out the door for nothing Forward planning is massive, isn't it, Barry? In football, at any level, um, you have to be—you have to look at what's coming around. You have to look at contracts uh, and when the right time is to move somebody on and maximise on the profit or get them signed up on a, a longer deal. Yeah, especially Ryan Christie. I mean, a year or so ago, he was—he was Celtic's top performer. Um, Rob, no doubt about it. Um, and it baffles me why his contract runs out in January. I've, I have. Never, um, I don't understand that. Um, whoever done his contract needs to have a serious look at herself. Um, in professional terms, it always ends the end of June, a yearly contract or two or three years or whatever. So, when we, we heard that his contract runs out in January, now he can go on a free transfer now. 
Um, and that's that's crazy because for me on his game, Ryan Christie is a match winner. There's, there's no doubt about it, and he'll be he'll be massive for Celtic tonight. Ryan yep. Christie. It looks like he's got that wee bit that wee bite back again. Um, he fell away the last three or four months of the season. Um, I don't know the reasons. Although why. Celtic, Celtic collectively fell away, didn't they yep. as well? But look, the the game again, Mitchell in last last week. It looked to me if he was back to his best, and he's that real good pre-season under his belt. Barry Ferguson, Davy Proven, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show. Uh, that massive match for Celtic tonight. And of course, it's the big Premiership kickoff at the weekend. Three days until Rangers get their title defence started against Livingston. Half one, Ibrox in front of 23,000 uh, on Saturday. Let's talk to Taylor, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Taylor. Hello, Taylor. It's Lewis. It's Lewis. <laughs> can, can you can you be Taylor just for the just for the purposes of this? <laughs> Hi, Lewis. Yeah, I'll be Taylor just for the then. I'll change my name for a day. Ah, no problem at all. Um, good to have you on the show. Um, what would you like to say, Lewis? I'm just looking forward to the new season and the new signings that Rangers have made because I was watching the friendly again. Well, I watched both the friendlies against Brighton and Real Madrid at the weekend, and that's a car. I think he's going to be an absolute player for Rangers. And Lundstrom in midfield, I think he's going to be a he's a powerhouse. He's just unbelievable on the ball and after ball as well. Yeah, I remember when uh, you were on the show, Davy, when when Rangers the day Rangers signed John Lundstrom. Yeah, um, and you were saying that you know that is a deal and a half yeah. um, freedom of contract. Yeah, I mean, one of the unsung heroes at, at Sheffield United when they they came up the first time they had a great season, almost qualified for Europe, and one of the reasons was John Lundstrom. Um, box to box fabulous engine and he'll get Rangers 12-15 goals a season he, he's the type who's in the box and on the end of things and great bit of business for Rangers was there yeah. something of the insurance policy about it Barry with maybe question marks about, about Ryan Jack and, and his and his fitness to, 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 to play a certain number of games and also maybe a question mark about Glenn Kamara well in terms of Ryan Jack they, they sorted the problem they got to the route to it, um, the route to it and sent him down to London and he, he's come through pre-season he, he's back playing so I don't think there's going to be any problems with, with Ryan Jack Glenn Kamara again he, he's got two years left in his contract there is a lot of obviously people having a, a look at him and rightly so because I, I think he's turned into a fine midfielder um, what a piece of business that was but in terms of Lundstrom they're hard to find Goal-scoring midfielders, box-to-box, box, powerful. And what, I, I mean, I keep going back to what a piece of business, a free transfer. Yeah. Um, as I said, if he was going into the final year of his contract, he'd be looking at eight to £10 million for a player of, of that calibre. Um, so it's a great piece of business. It helps that he's a scouser. Um, the manager was one yeah. of his heroes. Um, so that, that does help. But again, great piece of business. And as Lewis just mentioned there, Sakala... Only said I know it was a friendly game, but he looked apart. Um, I heard the manager do an interview about him, saying his attitude since he's come through the the front door's been spot on, worked really hard. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. But he looks a he looks a real deal. Yeah, we had him on the show as well, um, Fashion Sakala, and certainly you couldn't feel but be impressed by by his attitude. Um, what are you thinking about Morelos, uh, Lewis? Uh, do, do you think it's the end at Rangers for Alfredo Morelos? Um, personally, I don't know. Um, I think if it was the end for Morelos at Rangers, I think Gerard would have signed a, 
decent strike I've been over the season starting on Saturday. Um, just to make sure in that position because Roof's I think Roof's injured now. He's still got Atten and Sakala, but Sakala, as as we just said, Sakala has ten days in the hotel, so he might not be up to speed. So it's basically the line on that and if that happens. So I think if Morelos was gone, I think Gerard would have brought in a striker by now. But I just seen on his Instagram yesterday that he's back in Scotland self-isolating, so that's a positive as well. Is it going to be 25 points again, Barry, this season? Um, look, I'm sure the Rangers fans would, would, would love that, but that's not the attitude that you take going into the season. Um, you've got to be... You've got to be confident, but no overconfident. And when you listen to Stephen Gerrard speak, I think that's the kind of vibes that he gives out. He gives out um, not just to the media, but I think he gives it out to his team. Um, that look, they're strong. They're strong. They, that's probably the strongest Rangers squad I've seen in a long, long time. I know he needs to cut it. There's no doubt about it. But there's real competition for places, Rob, mm-hmm. all over the pitch. Um, Centre backs, full backs. Central midfield really strong six for me. Any of that six could play in the three, and up top with the with the signing of, of Sakala. Um, and we just need to wait and see. There's another month left of the of the window. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people um, talking about Morelos. Um, but don't be surprised if he's still here. Davey, can anyone get close to Rangers this season in the Premiership? I, I think it depends on how how much money Celtic spend and how quickly they spend it. I know Postacoglu has been saying, I'm not just going to bring players in for the sake of it. I, I don't see how he's got any other choice. Celtic have to get players through the door quickly. Otherwise, they're not going to be in a, a fit state to, to compete at the beginning of the season. They're, they're, they're going to have to throw serious money at this. And it'll, it'll come down to Dermot Desmond, I guess. And they've taken in 30 million for Ayer. Uh, I'm assuming that, that Edward will go. They'll have thirty million pounds. What have they spent? Three and a half on Starfelt, mm. four. Um, so the the I think they've maybe spent about thirteen million on Yuruhashi, Starfelt, and Abada. Forgive me, forgive me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's money there. There's money there, and it, it, it depends. We, we saw Dermot Desmond react previously to the celebrations of the Rangers directors at Hamden, um, where he acted almost instinctively to go after Rangers again. I think it'll come down to the appetite of Celtic's biggest shareholder, how much he he wants to try and compete this season. But, you know, they're losing time already. They, they, they've got to get their act together really quickly. I, I thought that was a good piece of business. Ayer, final year of your contract, £13.5 million. Pound. I mean, that's, that, that's, that, that's big money going yeah. into the final year of your yeah, contract. Yeah, and, 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 and they've had, what, three, four really good years mm-hmm. out of him as well. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good piece of business by him. Good money. Yeah. Um, and as you're saying, that the... The price that's going round about for Edward just now is is twenty million pound. Um, so that's thirty three and a half million pound, and that they need to reinvest that and more. Yeah, but the Celtic fans would say that should have been invested yep. three six months ago mm-hmm. uh, before the problems arose. Anyway, back to Lewis. Where are your priorities as a Rangers fan this season, Lewis? Uh, between title defence, a clean sweep, or making major moves? in Europe in the Champions League what 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 would you like to see happen for Rangers this season? Uh, if you're going if I was being a greedy fan I'd say them all <laughs> yeah I, I'd like to obviously the title defence is the, the main priority and then I'd I'd like to see us winning this Rangers team I think can win every cup this season 
because I just feel I just feel they've got a wee bit more bite to them this year, a wee bit more fire or something like that. Just because they can, it's all right winning a season like Barry says, but defending it's harder. So they're going to he, have to hear something inside to kick them on. So I think that Rangers will be even better this year. I think, and I look at the squad now. I think we'll qualify for Champions League. I do. The, the number one priority is to retain the league title. No doubt in my mind about it. That's the, the first day of pre-season um, when the manager has his meeting. That's what he would have said. But um, would that be progress? Yeah, and progress for me is getting into the group stages of the Champions League. Look, we've got to be realistic. There's, I, I can't see Rangers getting out of the, if they get into the, the group stage, but I think it would be a, a good achievement mm. getting into the, the, the group stage of the Champions League and I think they've got every opportunity doing that there's no doubt about it um, and as Davis says Rangers and Celtic at big clubs um, they need to be in the Champions League group stages um, and that's one of the, the key areas that Rangers will be desperate to get into this season but retaining the bread and butter number one is a league title if, if Rangers do get into the Champions League group stages Davy, suddenly there's a bit of payback uh, for those who've been in putting in serious investment yeah, in, yeah. into Rangers to bring in all these players? Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair to the Rangers board, who've had very little credit publicly anyway, they've shoveled money at Steven Gerrard to, to, to put Rangers where they are. And it, it's remarkable for me that Rangers, you know, have been so light in terms of outgoing transfers. Um, you know, look at the squad this afternoon, 34 players in that wage bill. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Rangers are not self-sufficient at the moment. They're, they're getting by on directors who are prepared to put their money in their pocket. I, I guess that will not continue indefinitely. They'll have to, they'll have to come to a situation where they, they trade players to at least break even. And it'll be interesting to see by the time this window closes if, if one of the big ones, Morelos or, or Kent, is not out the door. I'd be surprised if, if Morelos is, is still a Rangers player after this window shuts. But that, that, this next 10 month is um, what you were just speaking about, the directors. It's worth about £70 million. This next couple of weeks getting into that group mm. stage and then retaining the title, as, as David mentioned earlier, um, just under £40 million. That's £70 million. And then the money that the Douglas Parts, etc, etc, have put in, they'll be able to, obviously, get some of that back out. Lewis, you must have a, a smirk on your face or you're entitled to have it anyway. Uh, when, we're, when we've been speaking uh, for a lot of the show so far about uh, Vasilis Barkas being dropped by Celtic tonight, the howler he had last week in, in Europe, uh, and Celtic's trials that they've had with goalkeepers over the last 12 months, um, and you've got Alan McGregor. Uh, Alan McGregor. I've watched Barry on Open Go before and he's, he's, stayed, he's gave you insights to what Alan McGregor does and it's just like the best thing about Alan McGregor is when he was younger he didn't dwell on no getting picked he went out on loan he done it the right way he came back he became number one goalkeeper won so many like three league titles so many cups at Rangers then went to England for his business and came back that's a he's an unbelievable goalkeeper and that's that's how he's a goalkeeper so he done things the right way he went out on loan learned his trade, came back, and then he's number one deserved as well. And I would imagine, Barry, he'll be working harder than ever to uh, to reach that high bar that he's set for his own performances. Yeah, look, he's just getting better wage, Alan McGregor. Fantastic goalkeeper, great attitude, great guy to have about the dressing room. 
and, and listen, see for me, I top goalkeepers 15, 18 points a season. That's what they're worth. And the good thing that Rangers have got, they've got a real good understudy in John McLaughlin as well. He's a he's a very decent keeper. But Alan McGregor, for me, tops a lot. It just shows you, in important moments, in important games, he produces big saves. The contrast, Davey, is massive, isn't it? Uh, from one side of the city to the other in terms of that key position. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where Rangers find them, but, you know, Andy Gorham, Stefan Kloss, Alan McGregor, um, they seem to dig out a, a top goalkeeper all the time. Um, you know, but when Alan McGregor was in Turkey and at Hull, nobody thought he would he was coming back to Ibrox. And it's been a remarkable full circle, if you like. And I think you could could argue he's he's saved his very best for his second stint at Ibrox. I think it's probably... He's a better, better goalkeeper, David. Yeah, he, he yeah, certainly looks it. Yeah, he's always been a top goalkeeper, but he, he came back after the stints in Turkey and down at Hull City, as David says, a top-class goalkeeper. How much do you think uh, Stephen Gerrard is looking forward, uh, Lewis, to the, the prospect, the possibility of Rangers being in those Champions League group stages? Um, you know, he's he, it's been progress year on year, hasn't it, with Rangers? And, and for him, you would imagine, in addition, as Barry says, to holding on to the title, maybe doing a domestic clean sweep, as Celtic have done four years running, but, but to get into the Champions League, not, not just because of the, the money that it means, but, but it's the prestige, isn't it? It's, it's getting to that level of European football alongside the elite. Yeah, Gerard, I've wanted to be there. As you see it, you mentioned that word at the end, elite. That's Gerard's mentality as well. He's always played in the Champions League, but that's where he always wanted to be, no matter what club he's at. He always wanted to be at the highest levels. That's just the way he is. He wants to win, he's a winner. And Champions League probably the biggest competition in the world. So Gerard will no doubt in my mind want to be there. And he'll want to be in the group stage as well. So I'm looking forward to next Tuesday against Malmo. Will Rangers be there, Barry? Will they make it to the the hallowed ground of yeah, the, the group stages? I think they'll have far too much for Malmo. Without a doubt. I, I, if you're asked my opinion, do I think Rangers will reach the group stages mm -hmm. of the Champions League? Yes, 100%. You heard it from Barry tonight, uh, Lewis. Um, Malmo next week and onwards and upwards. Um, you will hope to the, the group stages of the, the Champions League. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Rangers fan uh, Lewis uh, looking ahead to the season with massive confidence. Not surprisingly, Rangers kick off their uh, domestic campaign, uh, their title defence uh, against Livingston. Uh, 1.30 Saturday. 23,000 fans are in for that one. 25 minutes away from kickoff in Denmark. Michelin against Celtic. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. What are we saying there, Barry? <laughs> Sometimes when the microphones are open, it can get dangerous. Uh, 25 past six on the Go Radio Football Show. So 20 minutes away from kickoff in Denmark, Michelin against Celtic with some good callers on the show uh, tonight. Uh, Mick and Ryan early on, two Celtic fans. And we've just heard there from Lewis, uh, a Rangers fan, looking ahead to the big kickoff on Saturday with 
Great optimism. You've been getting in touch with us on the socials as well, at Go Football Show to get in touch. Uh, this from Stephen Greenock. We're in July and Celtic are playing against the second place side from Denmark in a Champions League qualifier, which, uh, which almost no supporter is confident of winning. Also, the club looks likely to sell its number nine with no suitable replacement being lined up. If that doesn't give a damning indictment of how poorly this club is being run, I don't know what is. And I guess a lot of Celtic fans, Davey, will be sharing Steve's opinion. Absolutely, and so they should. Um, if if the Celtic directors were footballers, Rob, they'd all be looking for a club right now. That's how poorly they've performed. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the ultimate or the inevitable um, thing will be Postacoglu will, will, will carry the can. I mean, if Celtic were to lose tonight and lose at Tynecastle, they won't go for the board, they'll go for Postacoglu, mm. which is totally unfair, but that's that's the way it works in Glasgow. It's always the manager who, who takes the heat. Um, and, you know, I, I feel for the guy, I really do. He's Although he said I'm not working with one hand behind my back, he probably thinks he's working with both hands behind his back. <laughs> yeah. right and a blindfold, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I did like uh, the tone of Callum McGregor at, at the media conference yesterday uh, before Celtic left. Um, accepting, of course, the obvious, which is that Celtic are in a big transitional period, uh, but not looking for excuses. As a Celtic player, and having been a Celtic player for so long now, I think at Celtic, you, you know, regardless of a transition period or not, the players are tasked to win and, and win well. So, you know, that expectation is never going to change. I get that people are, are kind of saying it's transitional and, and everything else and, you know, probably giving us a bit of leeway. But, you know, if, if we have that mentality within the group, then, you know, we won't achieve anything. Yes, it's new players. Yes, there's a new manager. Yes, there's a new chief exec. You know, it's a different feel for the club. But, you know, very, very quickly, you have to get into that winning groove. And and that's why we're here as footballers, is to, is to win football matches. It's important, isn't it, Barry, that the players get the psychology right? Uh, they can't be feeling sorry for themselves. They can't be uh, letting all the noise outside get in. They just have to concentrate on what they're doing and trying to, to win games. Yep, and that's what they're judged on, winning games. Good interview there from Callum McGregor. He knows the club inside out. He knows how they operate. Um, when you don't win games, uh, you're going to get it in the neck. Um, he's not using any excuses. It's a transitional period. And he's the most experienced guy now. He's the leader of that group. And he needs to let them know in the dressing room that at a club like Celtic, you've got to win. And you've got to win every game you play on. There's just so much pressure on him isn't there I think he's the yeah. type to, to cope with it Davey but for so long he's had Scott Brown in that engine room alongside yeah. him uh, taking a lot of flack carrying a lot of Celtic's hopes uh, a lot of that now is pinned on the new skipper I, I, yeah I think he's got broad enough shoulders to step out of Scott Brown's shadow it's a big shadow but I think he'll, I think he'll do it I think Celtic are fortunate that they've got Callum McGregor at the club he's a great example to anyone coming in but you know even the experienced players and Barry will tell you this a dressing room needs stimulated and the, the, the one thing is certainly in my time that stimulated us was a new signing, a proper signing. I remember Celtic pushed the boat out and signed Mo Johnson and the, the lift it gave our dressing room and, you know, we were all experienced players but it gives everyone a lift when you see a real player walking into your dressing room mm -hmm. and that's what Celtic are going to have to do. Otherwise, the likes of Callum McGregor will start to think, you know, what, you know, what, what am I doing here? I'm giving every ounce I've got and yeah, I'm not getting any help here. I'm looking at the quality around me and it's not good enough. So that has an adverse effect on, on, on him. 
So the, the Celtic have got to bring in some real quality to stimulate the whole place. Yeah, it changes the mindset when a new player walks through that dressing room door. Uh, and if he's a genuine quality, you know you have to raise your game to be at his level. Um, that That's what new signings do and that's what Celtic need to do quickly is get good signings, good quality players through the door as quickly as possible. He raised the bar again because the bar's dropped. This is what Ange Postacoglu said on the subject of transfers. I'd be sitting here in a different sort of scenario if the players we'd already signed were already part of the squad and training, you know. Um, if you look at our, you know, starting 11 from last week and, and potentially the starting 11 I put out tomorrow night, it's, it's a very, very young group in terms of age and experience. So that's the biggest sort of challenge for us is that we sign players, but, you know, there's a two or three potentially week lag time before we get them in. So I think we'd, we'd be looking at a different scenario in terms of how I felt about, you know, how we're moving on transfers if we'd already had the ones we'd signed in, you know, but that's adding sort of that a uh, little bit of anxiety because it's not just about the team we're putting out there, but we're just very, very thin in terms of numbers. All those ifs and buts and maybes, Davey, um, and Carl Starfeld, it seems the Swedish defender uh, will be available yeah. uh, for the weekend, but he's not available for tonight in about 15 minutes' time. If, if Celtic can get through this tonight, he buys himself some time, more time in the training ground, more time to get other players in. Um, and the, the tie is certainly winnable tonight. Absolutely winnable. I, I didn't see anything in Michelin that, that would have Celtic running scared tonight. Um, I, I think it's winnable and if, if Celtic do nick it tonight he gets some precious time there are safety nets available aren't there in European competition you know you get these you can drop down you're, you're in the Champions League qualifiers you don't make it you're suddenly in the Europa League qualifiers uh, you've, I guess Barry you've, you find your level mm-hmm. yeah but a club besides of Celtic you've got to be in the Champions League um, so it's, it's important that they, they get through this is that realistic for Celtic now? Um, well, watching Michelin last week, I don't think there were any great shakes, if I'm being honest with you. So it's important that they get through this and then guys like Starfelt will be available at the weekend. The new signings will come out of quarantine and they'll be available. And then the group becomes stronger. And hopefully by the time next week comes, you maybe have signed another two or three players. So it's important that they find a way, no matter how they do it, whether it's they play poorly, it's just getting a result over there and getting back with a win. If, if Celtic do beat Mitchell and it, it's PSV in all probability unless yeah, Galatasaray do something tough, tough ridiculous. Um, so, it, so it's PSV next. Were Celtic to be able to get through that, um, it would be in the in the playoff round, it would be the likes of Benfica, Genk, Shakhtar, Spartak, Moscow. Yeah. I mean, the other avenue for Celtic is, to, is if they don't get through tonight and it's Jablonets, the Czech team in the Europa League qualifiers uh, and a playoff round including the likes of Alkmaar, Fenerbahce, Royal Antwerp, uh, Sturm Graz. What is Celtic's level, do you think, David? At the moment, yeah. I think Celtic's level is Europa League. And not even... You only have to look at the Sparta Prague result over two games. You know, beating 4-1 twice. That, that, that's where Celtic... Well, that's where they were, and you could argue they're not as strong at this moment as they were going into the, these games under Neil Lennon. Mm. So... I think Celtic supporters would, would settle for dropping into the Europa League, winning the, the qualifier to get into the Europa League. I think they'd, I think they'd be quite happy with that um, as, as Celtic's renaissance, uh, if you like, or hopefully the renaissance uh, begins in earnest. 
We had Stephen Greenock um, asking about what happens if Celtic take the money from Brighton for, for Odds and Edouard uh, and he's away. Uh, what, what, what happens then? Albion Ayeti is around. He's skippered Celtic once or twice in the, in the pre-season games. There's no Lee Griffiths uh, in the squad. Apparently picked up a, a slight injury which prevented him uh, jumping on that plane to, to Denmark. And of course he was booed at the weekend by some Celtic supporters in the 6-2 defeat by West Ham. This was uh, the gaffer's reaction to that. And he picked up a, a slight injury yesterday um, at uh, a training, which was disappointing for him because he was obviously going to be part of the travelling party. Um, you know, in terms of you know, the, the, the crowd response, um, I think Lee's in the same position as all of us. You know, we, we, we go there to represent the football club and, and the supporters are there to to judge us on on you know how we perform and 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 what we do and we have to accept um, you know we have to accept any response we get from that um, for the most part I think you know Lee still got a, a positive um, a response from the crowd because they acknowledge the fact that he's had a he's had a very good career at Celtic and has contributed and um, you know if there are people who express dissatisfaction well. Yeah, he, it's it's up to him to 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 show with his performances and, and the way he goes about things that uh, you know I'm sure he can win them back very quickly. There's another problem, Ange Postecoglou could have done without Davy. Yeah, and I think the, the the Celtic supporters arguably are not going to give Lee Griffiths the benefit of the doubt ever again. Um, already, there are a lot of people suggesting that suggesting that he's not injured. The mm. the cynics suggesting that you know he deliberately pulled out of the game. Um, I, I wouldn't believe that. I, I think if you know if they've given the guy another contract, a year's contract, try and get him fit. Try everything you can to get him fit because he remains a natural finisher. And Celtic, with so little up front, if Edward goes, if they can get Griffiths fit, you know he he can he can still be a player for them. I'm convinced of that. I know everyone is writing him off. I don't think you give up on him. It's so frustrating, isn't it, Barry? Um, because we know all about his quality. Yeah, l- listen, it's never nice to to hear players getting booed. Um, I've been booed before, Davy's probably been booed. Um, the only way you can keep them quiet is go and perform on the pitch and score goals, and that's what Lee Griffiths does. Disappointing that he's um, he's got a niggle in his calf, but he needs to get back quickly, because if you get him fit and up and running, he is Scotland's most natural goal scorer. There's no doubt about it. If you're, a, if you're Postacoglu, though, Barry, do you read him the right act? Do you put your, your arm around his shoulder? I mean, Brendan Rodgers tried it, Neil Lennon tried it. What, I would what try do you do everything in my power to try and get him to a level that he's happy and back playing. First thing you've got to do is get him fit, yep. which, which is easy, but isn't it? That's the easiest bit, yeah. Listen, you, I mean, as a full time footballer, you can train morning, afternoon, yeah. and night. Um, they've got the facilities to go and do that. So that if I'm Postacoglu, that's what I'm doing. I'm putting my arm around about him, telling him how much I rate him. He can score goals. No, Lee's no daft. He knows he can score goals. Just need to get Celtic. Just need to get him on that football pitch um, and get him firing again. Because I read hot Lee Griffiths is hard to handle. He does have a reputation, Ange Postecoglou, of being able to rebuild yeah. players. But the, the, I guess there's a there, there's a there, there's a point at which you you just you give up. I think I think he will give Lee Griffiths every chance. But I, I don't think Postacoglu is the type who will suffer fools. And if he if he thinks Lee Griffiths is not giving it every single ounce, uh, Lee Griffiths will be out of the club. Yeah, 
I, I agree with that. He's got to show Postacoglu how much he wants it. And you can only do that on the training field. Go and do extra sessions, stay behind, do an extra shooting drill or a running drill or whatever. He needs to go and show how much he wants it. And if he does that, I'm sure he'll give him a chance. On the subject of booing, Barry, you, you used to thrive on it, didn't you? Yeah, but when it's your own fans, <laughs> it's not like I had that a few times, but you know what? It's no nice, but... No, but you responded to that. You, yeah, you've, you've listen, spoken to me I, before about that, about yeah, that section of fans that, that that used to give you stick yeah. all the time, and you loved throwing it straight back at yeah, them, basically. I try to use it in a positive way, and the only way I could do that was go and work even harder on the training ground and make sure that next game, I was one of the best players on the pitch. And that's the only way you can shut people up, Rob. He suggested that you got booed as well, Davey. I, I was uh, just saying, I don't know, Davey. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, our uh, older listeners will remember <laughs> the old jungle at Celtic Park, the old enclosure. Um, and I, I spent a lot of my career six yards from the jungle. And if I wasn't playing well, <laughs> they would let you know all about it. Yeah. There was no hiding place. It was merciless. Having said that, when you're playing well, nothing like them nothing like them yeah, to you've play got to them. take the good with the bad yeah, yeah. listen it's easy when you're getting applauded or whatever but listen it shows a, a different side of somebody it shows their character it's no nice but again I was always one of the ones you've, you've got to use it in a positive way and go and try and prove these people wrong it's the big worry here for, for Ange Postacoglu that um, despite everything and you know I think we're all cutting him so much slack at the moment and and I think we would be freeing him from a lot of the responsibility for what's happening at Celtic at the moment but ultimately and and as once this is all over once once his period is over and people look back all that will be forgotten his reputation's on the line here yeah. isn't it yeah that, that, and that's why I'm I'm not I'm not wholly convinced that he'll go the distance at Celtic unless he gets the unequivocal backing of the the board of directors in terms of getting not just players and proper players in who cost proper money and I think if if he feels he's been sold short in any way I think he's the type who has the conviction to to walk away I really do he impresses me as an individual I, I don't think he'll take any nonsense off anyone any manager Barry and you know all about that wants support yeah but he strikes me as a guy, never met him, I'm just going by what I've heard and what I've watched. He strikes me if he's not going to get that support, he won't hang about. Well, it's a massive march and it's just about six minutes away from kickoff in Denmark, Michelin against Celtic and uh, Bane and goals tonight, no Barkas. The outfield 10 are the same. Uh, as should have won the first leg last week near Beton's red card made a big difference can Celtic get the job done the Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from 5 just about time for a kick off in Denmark Michelin against Celtic 1-1 from the first leg uh, can Celtic get the job done tonight uh, with a team which is almost identical to last week, but one one massive change, and that's in goalkeeper. And uh, looks like the end of the line at Celtic, you would imagine, for Vasilis Barkas left out tonight after his howler last week. Scott Bain is in goal. Otherwise, it is the same side. Uh, Eric Sviatchenko is uh, in the middle of the defence for the opposition tonight, Michelin, and... Uh, that man Evander, who slammed in that uh, free kick uh, last week, Barry, which was uh, just about from the corner flag, wasn't it? Yeah, I was surprised to see it actually hit the back of the net, Rob, if I'm, I'm being honest with you. That's one that you So was Vasilis Barker yeah, surprised. Again, that's one you fully expect your goalkeeper to deal with. 
um, let's be honest, you, you'd be disappointed as a player, as a manager, as a coach, as a fan yep. when they seen that hit the back of the net. For that kind of area of the pitch as well, Rob. It was an absolute shocker. But Celtic have to get that sort of stuff out of their mind tonight, don't they? They have to get out of their mind, Davey, the fact that that could so easily have been 3-0 Celtic. Yeah. Convincing yeah. last week, job done, yeah, Celt- forget all about it. Celtic can win tonight, I've no doubt about that. But, you know, so much will depend on how that back four performs. Their coach was already saying yesterday at the presser that they are going to they're going to make the most of set pieces. They are really going to bomb Celtic from set pieces, and it, you know that that will really put the pressure on Scott Bain and the boys in front of them. It's going to be a huge test for them. It's an exciting time, Barry. You must uh, look back with relish on on these massive uh, European matches. Yeah, listen, it was it was brilliant. It was a lot of pressure on you. There's no doubt about it because it meant that there was a lot of money going into the club's coffers. Um, so that was pressure in itself, but that, that's what you want to do. You want to play at the, the highest level. I know it's qualifying games, but that's the elite, getting into that group stage, Rob. Um, and you've got to get through these qualifying games. I'm just glad it's changed. Next year's champions get straight in, which I think's only right if you're... Champions of your country, I think you should go straight in, certainly in, in Scotland. Um, but I was always playing two or three um, games leading up, trying mm. to get into the, the, the group stages, which some of them were tough. A lot of the, the teams, I know we know quite a bit about Michelin, but the teams that we come up against at times, you didn't get too much footage on them. Um, but when you come up against these teams, they were decent technically. Um, so you had to be on your game to make sure you get through. Most memorable European night? Oh, there's, there's, there's quite a few uh, in the Champions League anything? Um, yeah probably into Milan getting into uh, the last 16 um, we had finished the game and we're waiting another result we had got the result we needed and it was um, it was playing a waiting game and then obviously we, we heard the roar of the crowd so yeah that was one of them but a lot of them playing the Champions League is just fantastic listening to that tune mm. lining up Give you hairs in the back of your neck stuff. Um, it was it was great, and you're coming up against the best players and the best teams. Davy, best European memory as a Celtic player? Probably being Real Madrid mm. um, in Glasgow in the first leg of the old European Cup. Um, they beat us three 0 over there. We beat them two 0 in Glasgow. But that that night, you know, taken in isolation was that was as good as anything. Yeah. Looking ahead to other European ties coming up, we'll obviously keep you close in on what is happening at Celtic that game. I just, just asked, it, what was the yeah. crowd? At Celtic Park? 67,000. 67,000, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was the limit that Glasgow Council put on it. But I think there was a hell of a lot more in that night. Um, <laughs> just you know how the turnstile boys used to work? Uh, uh, just <laughs> two and one pay. <laughs> and, and, and the council are still limiting the attendances even now. Um, so some massive matches coming up for, for some of the other Scottish representatives. Uh, I mean, let's hope they all make a, a big impact. Uh, uh, tomorrow night, Hibs uh, three up against Santa Coloma from Andorra. Uh, Aberdeen played Hacken I think Hacken was what Santa Coloma were doing against Hibs for, for most of that match they got a couple of reds didn't they uh, 3-0 Hibs 5-1 Aberdeen two really encouraging performances whatever the opposition Barry yep um, and I don't see both Hibs and Aberdeen having any problems um, I was really impressed with Aberdeen's performance um, beating a, a half decent team to be honest, they had some some decent players. Um, so I fully expect Aberdeen to get through in the same way Hibs. Um, there was a few rash challenges going in from the Andorians, but 
I fully expect both to, to get through. I think Aberdeen were probably against tougher opposition from the Swedish league. That they'd won four of their last five go, going into that game. Um, but Hibs look well equipped as well, Davy, don't they? To 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 have a European adventure. Well, yeah, I mean it would be, it would be great. I mean we expect to see Aberdeen in Europe. They, they were in Europe every season for seven seasons under Derek McInnes. Mm-hmm. So we're used to seeing Aberdeen. We're not used to seeing Hibs in Europe, mm-hmm. and it's great to see them back in that environment. And I do think they've got a top boss in Jack Ross. Um, if, he, if he's given time much will depend on Ron Gordon whether he wants to hold on to Portis and Nesbitt if he gets another offer for mm. them but it's just great to see them back in, back in the European arena Yeah, fair play to him for, for standing firm last time around when the clubs were swirling around uh, those two players Portis and, uh, and Nesbitt they're still on board they're very much uh, part of, of Hibs moving forward it just it's a question of what the offer becomes and, yep. and it gets to a certain stage and you can't really say no to it but at the moment Hibs have got a really good squad Yep and I thought it was good management with Jack Ross at the time because he took them out the firing line for three or four games Rob um, they came out of the starting 11 because it would have affected them the, the young lads um, they're only 21 um, with the with, with the clubs that were, were in for them and the the clubs that attracted interest. Uh, so I thought it was good management at the time and obviously got them playing towards the end of the season. And, and two of them are big, big players. But again, Hibs are a selling club if a decent offer comes in, which I fully expect, certainly for Kevin Nisbet. Um, I think for his first season, Rob, in the Premier League, I thought he'd done fantastically well. And it's great to see him going down the leagues um, get freed for Patrick Thistle. It's a great story, isn't it? Three or four years ago, Went to Wraith Rovers in League One, done really well, um, got promoted, um, went to Dunfermline, had a real good season in the Championship, got his move to Hibs and I thought he was fantastic and found his uh, found a way into the Scotland squad. How um, old is he, Barry? Forgive me, I'm not sure what age 21, is. 21, 22, Kevin right. Nisbet. So plenty of time on his side and I think he's got all the attributes mm. to go on and, and play at a higher level. And that's me not being disrespectful to Hibs. Um, I think he can go down to England and, and um, do really well. I think he's got the goal habit about him as well, hasn't he? I mean, he, he came into yeah. Hibs and immediately started scoring goals and never yeah. stopped, really. Played for Scotland, scored. Scored, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another one that maybe Celtic should be looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it would cost. And, and he may, as Barry say, uh, says, want to go and test himself in England. But Celtic should be certain, certainly looking at that type. They know what he's about. They know he would score goals in, in our uh, Premiership. Um, so... Talking about Celtic, could they have signed Marciano? Talking about Hibs and Celtic, would yeah. would Marciano have been a? I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, he's. I'm not sure. I've totally convinced I'm about Ophir Marciano, but I think he's a step up on what Celtic have got. A, a decent enough goalkeeper, but I think Seagrest at, at Dun United is a yeah, level above. Yeah. That's a good shout, actually, and 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 it's a cut price solution that's been staring Celtic in the face. Mm. Uh, to be honest. Uh, Mitchell and nil, Celtic nil is the latest score in Denmark. That match is just about six or seven minutes underway. Uh, so still still 1-1 on aggregate. And of course, uh, thankfully, uh, for those of us who've wrestled with a calculator in the past, uh, no away goals rule this time around. So whatever happens tonight is the outcome. Celtic need to win in Denmark um, to get through that first hurdle of, of uh, Champions League Qualifiers, uh, Davy. This this must be one of the youngest Celtic sides ever oh. to play in European competition yeah. because not not just the the back four. Sorrow is early twenties. Turnbull, Abada, um, Edward isn't exactly a, a veteran, is he? I mean, it's yeah. such a young Celtic side. 
Yeah, well, well, look at the, the back four. Um, Tony Rolson's 22, Greg Taylor's 23 on either side of Dane Murray, who's 18, and Stephen Welsh is 21. Sorrow, 22, I think. David yeah. Turnbull, 21. Abada's still 19. So you're, you're absolutely right. Ed, Edward's only 22. Yeah. 23. Yeah, maybe 23. 23. 23. Yeah. The only experienced player in there is Callum McGregor. Yeah. At 28. Um, yeah. And in European games, you you do need that bit of experience, that bit of know-how. Aberdeen, um, an incredible result for them last week. I was at that game, Davey. Um, 5-1. And actually in the game, they had about four or five other yeah. great chances to score as well I mean it could have been something sensational against a pretty decent Swedish side yeah, as well yeah and that, that, that's what I think is so fascinating about this it's almost an experiment because Dave Cormack has brought in his own man in Stephen Glass and he's backed him in a way that he would not have backed Derek McInnes I believe but they've bought well and it's going to be really interesting to see how Aberdeen you know do this this, this season um I'd be very surprised if they don't reclaim that third place. I, th I think it's going to be a good season for Aberdeen. Are they the team to come out of the pack, do you think, Barry? I mean, we expect Rangers to be front-running. We expect, well, we're not quite sure what to expect of Celtic, uh, to be honest. But will, will Aberdeen get the upper hand on Hibs this season? Will they, will they get back to what, what Davey's talking about? Well, that'll be their goal, no doubt about it. Hibs were, were um, third Last season, and rightly so, uh, they were the, the third best team. Um, but with some of his signings, Scott Brown obviously bring that experience. The boy they got for the MLS, uh, Rob, is meant to be a player. Ramirez, 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 yeah, yeah. He's meant to be decent. And again, I'd mentioned that at the start of the show, Lewis getting that freedom to break forward uh, for midfield and, and get goals. Um, and he signed a few other players. On well, Ryan Hedges is like a new signing, yep, isn't he? Yep, back, back for injury. The... Yeah, so... They've got to be looking to try and cement that third place, but it'll, it'll be a it'll be a tough call because um, again, Jack Ross he's got a good squad there at Hibs, so that'll be an exciting challenge. It's an interesting uh, Premiership, isn't it, this season? And and you wonder what you're going to get from Hearts as well. They've been pretty good in in some of the League Cup games, but you you look at the opposition and you maybe have to uh, defer judgment to to when they're up against something serious, and and they are up up against something serious, of course, at the weekend. Um, Again, on Saturday night, that game is 8 o'clock at Tynecastle. Yeah. I mean, it's it's massive for Celtic and massive for Hearts in terms of re-establishing themselves. I, I just think we've got, a, we've got arguably the strongest league we've had in years. We've got the three derbies back, the, you know, the Tayside derby, Glasgow derby, Edinburgh derby. We've got all our big clubs in the big league and that's the way it should be. It hasn't always been that way, but there's so much to look forward to. Hibs and Aberdeen have got off to a great start in Europe. Hopefully Celtic get through tonight. Rangers do likewise against Malmo and, and you know, the profile of Scottish football starts to, to rise again. And don't forget St Johnson. Yeah, well. Of course. Yep. Yeah. Double last year. Um, can Callum McGregor keep that fantastic run going? Because they, they, they were brilliant. The yeah. last six months of the season, Rob, they were... And they've signed a good uh, a, a good sounding Finnish striker. Uh, yeah, like 22 that. year old. It'll be interesting to see what that does mm -hmm. to them. The, Just, the only thing I think Callum needs to worry about is keeping hold of these key players Ali McCann yeah um, Jason like, Kerr Jason, these guys yeah he's yeah. another one who was great last year yeah. Sean Rooney's away by the sounds of it but so, uh, yeah just time for a quick scoreline what are you think in Denmark tonight I think Celtic should have enough certainly going forward when I look at the team they've got enough match winners Davey yeah I think Celtic can nick it and I certainly hope they do 
Thanks for listening. Good to have you with us. And uh, we are back tomorrow night. Paul's back with Craig Moore and John Hartson live at five. Good luck, Celtic. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.